0: I'm not a fan of the game.
1: Welcome, welcome to another episode of Punt Intended, a Fantasy NBA Dynasty podcast presented by Sports Ethos. I am your host, Rhett Bauer, coming to you with an episode that is going to be about the lot of results that we've gotten that uh, everybody's been excited about, especially those of you down in San Antonio. So we're going to get into the results and maybe some prospects who were positively or maybe negatively impacted about that, and some things that you could make. Maybe be on the look for regarding your fantasy rookie drafts that you might be able to get a little bit of a jump on that people may not be expecting. There's going to be some couple guys that I would be interested in uh swapping some picks that might be a little bit under the radar as far as like the reality draft goes but before we get into that please make sure to rate interview the show wherever you get your podcasts follow me on twitter at Rhett underscore Bauer and follow the show at punt intended pod with no underscores and I put a call out for the pun intended 30 team league that started a couple of years ago to see if we could get some replacement managers and I had a lot of responses thank you for those of you that reached out and the result of that basically led me to think that maybe I need to start another pun intended leak. Uh, so if you are interested in that, please let me know on Twitter. Either account DM is best that way. Um, we can just, you ask all your questions and we can make sure to get a better feel for you as a dynasty manager. Cause I think that's kind of important. Uh, not that there's a barrier of entry for any of this stuff, but it, I like to get a feel for the people that come in, especially with how many responses we had. So, one thing I do want to put out there is I want to prioritize the people who listen to the podcast. And so if you're listening to this and you have interest in a in joining a 30 team probably maybe a little bit less than that depending on how many people uh, serious people we get involved. So if you're interested in joining, you need to make sure you do this in DMs because if you put it on comment, people might just start doing the same thing. Send me a DM that says that you are interested in playing and your favorite draft prospect for the 2023 draft class that will have a very translatable NBA game that you don't think is being recognized as much. If you do that, I will make sure you are at the very top of the list to get in whether you're a good fantasy player or not. I want to prioritize people who listen to the show and so this is my way of doing that. So I'll also be putting a call out on Twitter if you see a bunch of uh, interaction with that, and you think you might not get in, don't worry about it. If you put your favorite 2023 draft prospect that is flying under the fantasy radar, you will have a spot for sure. So let's get into the lottery results. Obviously, everybody knows San Antonio won the lottery with Charlotte, Portland. Uh, both moving up two spots to two and three, respectively. Houston moves down two spots, and Detroit moves down four spots to number five. Moving on, uh, six Orlando Magic, seven Indiana Pacers, eight Washington Wizards, nine Utah Jazz, ten Dallas Mavericks. That range is going to be every single forward that's left on the board Anthony Black and Casey Wallace. And that is. Pretty much it. Like, I think in every single mock draft I've seen so far, it's like, okay, is Cam Whitmore available? No? Okay. Jairus Walker, Taylor Hendricks, Grady Dick, Case in the Wallace, Anthony Black. Like, that is how it goes. Asour Thompson in there as well. I kind of consider him wing forward-ish. Obviously, he's bigger. I don't think he's a true guard, but that is what's going to happen in that range. And I think, I mean, if you've been following my Twitter for any amount of time, you know how much I love Hendricks, and I think he has a chance to be maybe the fourth or fifth best fantasy prospect from this draft class. Like, I don't know. I'm going to go through and do an entire episode on sort of like a, what ifs episode, and it's going to be draft related. So it's going to be like, what if so-and-so was crossed with so-and-so you would get so-and-so. And And my example for Taylor Hendricks is like, what if Michael Porter jr. Was crossed with John Collins because Michael Porter jr. Is an insane shooter. He's got insane size. He moves pretty okay. He has an extremely high release point, but he's not near as bouncy as Taylor Hendricks is. And he's, I think, Taylor Hendricks is a legitimate power forward. He's not just a guy that you can play at power forward, if that makes sense. Like his rebounding and rim protection aren't just bonuses they're like his calling cards um and his shot is obviously insane he can move pretty well on the perimeter i love him i've loved him for a while um but so that's that's an episode that's upcoming as well so if you have any interesting uh players you want to throw me comps of i'm i always love talking about that sort of stuff even though comps are almost always atrocious i i try to put in a lot of effort to make them work out so rounding out the lottery we've got chicago at 11 uh Rip travis's bulls didn't move up into top four so that will end up going to orlando okc at 12 toronto raptors at 13 new orleans pelicans at 14 so that is the lottery now if you haven't seen it already i have my 2023 draft pyramid which is non-fantasy non-pacers um it's something that i put out there because i just wanted to get my like my tears out of guys that i really like even though i haven't done all of like the fantasy digging for every single guy that's why i haven't put out any rankings yet i don't like doing things halfway and so i don't want to put out like oh here's my top 15 and then here's my top 30 and then here's my top 40 like i just don't I don't really want to do that. So I'm trying to put in as much work as I can. Uh, Got surgery on my pinky. So I only have one hand and that makes typing uh, very difficult. No excuses though. We're just going to move and we'll get some draft content put out here sooner rather than later. So if you look at my 2023 draft pyramid, you'll see that I have Victor Wimanyama in a tier by himself, Scoot Henderson in a tier by himself, Brandon Miller and Emin Thompson in a tier together above everybody else. So that's my top four. And I think that's about where the four should go in this draft It should be chalk it should be victor scoot miller a that gets every team kind of what they need um miller i sh- should be able to walk in and at least contribute a little bit scoot and Lamelo. i'm just not worried about it i'm taking scoot he's a better prospect than brandon miller and are we really sure Lamelo wants to be in charlotte i, I just wouldn't i wouldn't bank on that and build my team like take a year below prospect just because of a weird fit, even though Scoot is very good off the ball. Lamelo is a very willing passer and a good enough shooter to space the floor. I'm not really worried about that fit. So Amin Thompson to the Houston Rockets is actually really interesting. I don't know what that would mean for Shingoon. I don't I don't want to talk about Shingun. But anyways, Amin uh is in a tier above just about everybody else outside of the top three, I think, as far as a reality prospect, just because his athleticism is insane, great passing, great athleticism, great feel, but can't shoot. It's a problem. I, I'm i not even going to apologize for it. So he's going to stay in, my, in a tier by himself. Uh, five through nine is my guy Taylor Hendricks, Whitmore, Walker, Asar, and Anthony Black. And I'm pretty firm on those five guys being separated from the rest. I've been saying for months now that I want to be in the top eight. And I've recently, I expanded that to the top nine or so. Once I started really getting into uh, Anthony Black as a prospect, I think he's got a little Lonzo ball in him. And that's another guy that I just absolutely love as far as fantasy, superstardom goes. Um, and so he's he's going to be above everybody else uh, in the draft and to round out the top 10 pretty well. The 10th pick I feel like is going to go like, I feel like one of the guys that I just listed is going to slide to 10 and Dallas is going to get all of their prayers answered. Like they're going to get a Jairus Walker or a Taylor Taylor Hendricks or Anthony Black. They're just going to get their problems solved for them, even though they tanked to get there. And then they just kept, they just make terrible move after terrible move. But 10 through 14, the next five guys on my draft pyramid, not my fantasy or Pacers pyramid. I want to make that clear because these guys are not going to be in this order or even in this tier for the fantasy content that is on the way. So Leonard Miller, I actually have in at the leading this tier at 10. I would take him at 10. I think he is a just a big forward that I'm willing to swing on. I'm just I'm not. I don't care. I'm swinging probably not for Dallas, but for uh, OKC for Orlando, for Toronto, maybe even new Orleans. I'm probably just doing it depending on who else is available. Next is case and Wallace love his defense. Little drew holiday, Grady Dick, absolute flamethrower. Just, I think people can't get over that. He's white. So they think that that's all he does. And I just don't think that's necessarily true, but he's also kind of limited. And I, I think, you know, role player, ish ceiling is just not what i don't want to say ceiling you know he projects most outcomes as a role player even though there are some like hey clay thompson you know whatever you can just get into shooters that can put the ball on the floor and defend pretty well uh that's kind of what you get with grady dick which is pretty fantastic for teams like orlando who need that spacing but uh, Keontae george in this tier as well i think he can he can just get buckets I think his gear was a little bit weird. There's some injury concerns with him. Not concerns, but there were some concerns that injury impacted his play this last year, not that he's injury prone. And I think that that's hard to take into account. But, you know, there's something to be said for a decent-sized guard that it looks to be in pretty good shape from the combine stuff, um, shooting, attacking, creating for himself. I don't know. He, I think he's just going to be he's going to walk in and be able to score, but also shoot. And I think that's going to matter. And then Gigi Jackson, like I said, I can't quit Gigi Jackson. I'm really sorry. Um, Maybe I'll be wrong, but I I'll go down swinging if I am. And so these guys, like I said, you're looking at the, you know, the Utah jazz, Dallas Mavericks, Chicago Bulls, OKC Thunder, Toronto Raptor, New Orleans Pelicans tier, like depending on the direction that these teams go, or I guess Orlando, but, depending on the direction that these teams go i think any of these guys could go in any order and it would make sense and that doesn't even get into the next tier of kobe buffkin derek whitehead jalen hutchfino bryce sensabal jordan hawkins and maxwell lewis like there's a really good argument for jalen hutchfino to go to the raptors to the pelicans even to the magic maybe even to dallas like he's He's a connecting piece that can do a little bit of everything all across the board. I, I really like him. He is from Indiana university. That has nothing to do with my evaluation of him. It just means I did get to see him a little bit more. Um, but I've, I've compensated for that for the rest of the guys. So the, the lottery results turning out the way they did everybody staying chalk all the way through, uh, the top five really, puts into play some interesting outcomes for that, for that 12, 13, 14, because I don't think there is a clear cut answer for those three. And that doesn't even get into somebody reaching for someone that's going to end up rising up the boards. Like a guy like Jalen Williams did last year. Like he wasn't projected to go lottery until the combine stuff started coming through. And then I was like, Oh, maybe he'll go late lottery. And that's kind of what happened. So it'll be really fascinating to see what all comes out as we approach the draft which is just about a month away it seems like it's going to take forever but at the same time feels like it's right around the corner and that's just kind of how the off-season works
0: save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or 7-up all with your card
1: if you have like if you follow a specific team and you see some sort of niche for your team that could be addressed by a guy that i did not mention like i've had somebody say like hey maybe the jazz should go for like a jet howard or jordan hawkins and just like really get some movement shooting and really continue to spread the floor Maybe you get like super, super high on a guy like City Sissoko or somebody like that. And you're, you're looking at like, you know, you've got the, the Raptors and the Raptors just are going to take positional length. And that's just how it's going to work. If you're the New Orleans Pelicans, if you're a fan of them and you're like, hey, you know what? Like I can really, really see them coming through with like a, a Nick Smith to just boost that guard room. Let me know. I'm really interested to hear more thoughts on team specific stuff down in the trenches. I feel like I do a pretty good job of knowing what every team has, what every team needs and kind of the the leanings of the front office and the decision makers. But I, I obviously don't cover or dig into every team as much as you do with your specific team. And so please let me know if there's somebody that sticks out or you're hearing buzz about a specific guy that uh, is – It's worth bringing up because that's always fun to to get into. Ah, man, I'm just watching the Heat smoke the Celtics. This is an unbelievable conference finals. So the way I'm looking at these lottery results and some players that I think might be impacted by the results uh, come from a couple places. Now, I think if the Houston Rockets take him in Thompson, he stays at number four. If Amin Thompson goes just about anywhere else, I don't know if I'm going to have him as high because the Rockets have a pretty okay infrastructure for what he needs, where they just have shooting everywhere but with Shingoon. But Amin is such a good off ball, like cutter and smart player that I think that might work. But like with the Pistons, with Cade and Ivy, with, you know, Durin and Boyan, like I, I don't. Don't really love that. I know you don't want to take or you don't want to base a fantasy prospect on their current situation if you really believe in the guy. So I'm not saying that I'm going to drop him way, way, way down my board, but Houston really is a great spot for him. And so I'm watching where he ends up pretty carefully. I think if Scoot ends up in Charlotte, I think people will end up dropping him in his dynasty evaluation, which I don't think is correct. So If you can, if you find somebody who is at the number two pick and they're willing to move back because they think for whatever reason, like, oh man, I was going to take Scoop, but I don't like him in Charlotte. I don't really want to take Miller. I might as well. move. So like, there's going to be people like that. And I've talked to some of them, so I know that they're out there. So if you can have an opportunity to trade up to two from a guy who's not interested in drafting Brandon Miller, I think I would definitely jump on that. And that kind of brings me to Brandon Miller's uh, fantasy game because it's just not, I don't know. I don't love it. And maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I need to dig into him a little bit more. I feel like I've, feel like I've gotten into it pretty good. And so looking at some of his, um, like, his assists and turnovers are, are pretty low which is good his steal and block rates are pretty good free throw like everything seems pretty good but i i don't know It's just something about the way like his finishing around the basket wasn't fantastic he's not a fantastic athlete the shot is very real so i imagine that that's going to translate but if there's anything we know about nine cat it's that shooting with not much else isn't a great fantasy player even if it is efficient now like I said his steal and block rates are pretty excellent so I I don't think he's going to end up dropping in fantasy drafts but if I get into some of the prospects that uh, had similar statistical profiles as Miller and don't like what that spits out I I wouldn't be surprised if Miller drops just a, a spot or two because I think he's going to be a starting wing right we're looking at a guy who's six eight six nine excellent shooter pretty good passer towards the end of the year like he he made some passes and had some vision and can handle a little bit like that's a guy that normally I'd be all over and I would be but I just think there's there might there's just something about him that's not uh making me feel fantastic about him as like a sure no doubt second or third best fantasy player from this class. You know um, I would be watching very carefully to see who the Pacers pick. And I don't think this is rocket science and I'm definitely not saying this because of Homer, but whatever forward the Pacers end up picking unless there's other moves that come out after like around free agency, or maybe there's something else that goes on at the draft that forward is going to play a ton. I don't care if it's Taylor Hendricks, Cam Whitmore, Jarris Walker, Even if something happens, they get Brandon Miller or Leonard Miller or, you know, even down into the Derrick Whitehead. Like those guys are whoever it is, is going to play a ton. The Pacers want to be good, but they also need forwards so, so bad that I would think that they are willing to give that player a little bit of trial by fire. And that is uh, a team that I'm probably going to bump that prospect up a little bit as opposed to like if if the magic take a guy, if the magic take Cam Whitmore, like you got Cam Whitmore, Franz, Paolo, Wendell Carter. Like that's just a lot of front court that I don't know how that really works, but the magic ran point Paolo and ran out six guys or the five, like a rotation of six guys that were all like six, nine or higher, which is just absolutely fascinating. But I'd be watching them if the Wizards or Jazz or really even Mavericks take a guard like if they take an Anthony Black or a Cason Wallace or even an Assor um Keontae George, like I, Kobe Bufkin, if they take a guard, that is a guy that I'm interested in, especially with the Washington Wizards with Anthony Black or Case Wallace, because they fit very, very well with Bradley Deal. And we know that the Wizards are just going to play for mediocrity and be psyched to, uh, to maybe contend for the play-in. The Wizards are a team that have a lot of moving pieces this summer, so it could be that they swing for upside. But hey, even then, you have upside because you were – Investing in the player that the Wizards take should they decide to let Christoph Porzingis and Kyle Kuzma go. But we will see what comes of that. The Utah Jazz, their guard room is pretty bad with Sexton Clarkson and THT. Um, if they can take a, a guy like a sore or like I said, a black or Caseon Wallace, like that is just gonna be a fantastic spot for them to grow. And then the Mavericks are I hope they get out of the Kyrie business because they are just in desperate need of ludicrous. Downside and combustibility that just that's just not great there. Um, next is I'm probably just going to take whatever player the Thunder take, like, I'm just interested in that guy, like, whatever it is. Like, if they end up taking Leonard Miller, yep, if they end up taking like a I don't know, if they take a Jalen Hood to go with their theme of plus positional side, good feel, good on both sides of the ball, shooter, like, okay, sure. I'm just at this point, I think the Thunder have proved that they are willing to take a player and then put him in a pretty decent context. And I've also heard some stuff about OKC, maybe wanting to move up and target a guy like Taylor Hendricks. And so in that case, um, yeah, I'm I'm going with that because I think he'd be a phenomenal fit with Chet Holmgren. The Pelicans, I can see them taking a swing, but that is the, the range of the draft where things get really funky. And so uh there's there's no way to know who they're going to pick because i just you, you could say it's going to be 12 different guys and i'd say yep okay like i can't really argue with that if they end up taking a guy like a like a Maxwell Lewis or a Chris Murray Jet Howard type like somebody who can come in and just be a shooter and play on the perimeter kind of like a Trey Murphy um i can see an argument for them being valuable in deeper leagues, where if somehow you're a contender, but you tanked or you have a pick and something like that, and you just want a guy who can chip in a little bit as the season goes on and maybe gets a little bit of development, a little bit of a prospect who's playing some people like that and they can see it proven on the court. There's definitely an argument there, but some guys that I think the lottery did not play out for is I I don't think this went super great for Jairus Walker. Now I see a lot of Jairus Walker. I see Bam. I see Draymond. I think somebody said beef stew, but I think that was just a lookalike. I don't think that was necessarily a game because that, uh, I disagree with that very strongly. So I think that Jairus is going to end up being more of a role player than Bam and Draymond. Like Draymond is the elite of the elite role players, right? Just an unfair comp for anybody, but that's, kind of it right like i know he's shot but i don't know if he is going to end up being a power forward in this league is he going to be respected out on the perimeter or is he going to be guarded by a team's five and let like say he's on the pacers right i'm just going to go back to that because it is the exact draft pick that i'm kind of terrified of if he goes to the pacers you're going to see the five end up guarding jairus walker and you're going to see the four ending up guarding Miles Turner. And that is going to completely negate all of the things that we saw Miles grow in this year because he is going to be cross matched on a guy that he can't really take off the dribble. And maybe his post moves come into play. But like just situations like that, like if Jarvis doesn't get into a context that makes sense for him, I can see it being a little bit underwhelming. Um, I believe in him as a player because I think he just does a lot of good things and he has a fantasy game that is kind of like a, I don't want to say Bam because that's just not, I, I don't like using superstars and I consider Bam really close to that level. So I, I don't want to use that, but like he he's going to impact the game and he's going to do it in a variety of ways. That's going to be friendly for nine cat. But I do wonder about the ceiling of him like is he going to be a guaranteed 34 minute for whatever team he's on I don't think that's true so be on the lookout for that as well just know that if the Wizards take a a guy that like has pretty good size but can't shoot like an Anthony Black or an Asar Thompson or a Men Thompson, just know that he's going to bust. Like that's just how it works with the Wizards, right? Like you're looking at Denny, Denny Avdia. They did not optimize him at all whatsoever. You've got Troy Brown. You know, Rui was in Johnny Davis was really bad. So like just the Wizards history of scouting players that end up translating is not great, even as somebody who really likes Denny Avdia. So that's more of a joke than actual analysis. The Wizards just... Crack me up in the way that they do business, but we've also, like I said, we've seen them not give guys good context because of their relentless chase of mediocrity. Anthony Black, I think, is a little bit different because I think he can do a lot of things, but we said the same thing about Denny Avdia and look what happened. Like He's been good for a while, but he just can't figure it out because he's not a great shooter, so he doesn't really fit with the rest of the guys, and so they can't really play him very much, even though he's a very impactful defender. Like That's just not really going to work super great. I think there could be a lot of movement in the back end of this. And so a lot of these these teams might just change, right? Like the Mavericks could trade out completely. Orlando could consolidate, which means Portland might end up with 6 and 11, right? Like it it could change so much between now and the actual draft. A guy that I think is not getting enough love. And I have been a little bit lower on him than maybe I should be, but I just – I'm hesitant with big men, but Derek Lively is a guy that I imagine is going to probably end up going top 12 ish for fantasy drafts. He is underrated for fantasy drafts right now, because I think he has the traditional big man stat set with the modern big man upside. You know, he, uh, Raphael Barlow put out there that he's shooting threes at the end of the combine, all that stuff. So like he has some upside. He has some upside as a shooter. I struggle with big men because I just, think that teams kind of cycle through them pretty fast but he could be good so it, it'll completely completely depend trace jackson davis is a guy that i'm probably going to be willing to take in like the lottery just about depending on where he goes uh for fantasy drafts because he's just going to do a lot of stuff i've been saying like i can see him having like a mantras harold type career but with way better passing and he could run an offense he's old so the upside may not be there but he's just going to he's a good basketball player and that's that goes uh underrated when it comes to fantasy drafts just because especially in deep leagues like if you're in a 30 team league and you're 20 to 30, just take Trace Jackson Davis. I don't care. I genuinely do not care who else is on the board. That's a guy that you're just going to want because even if he gets 20 minutes a game, he's going to be better in nine cat than a lot of these project guys that might see the floor for a total of 82 games across their first four years in the league. There's there's some projects out there that I just don't think are They're great mystery boxes and a lot of people love the mystery box, but I'm more than happy to sell you the mystery box rather than hold on to it And when I can get somebody like Trace Jackson Davis who should be able to... Chris Murray, another option there. Those two guys are just going to impact the game. They're going to play. They're going to be good. They're going to be positive contributors in reality basketball, which translates very well to fantasy basketball because minutes played is the most underrated category out there. Another guy, I don't think I don't know about Nick Smith, man. I I'm worried about him. I think Noah Clowney is a guy to swing on for sure. Jordan Walsh, same deal. Marcus Sasser is a guy that I would not let slot. It depends on where he goes, of course, as always. There's that caveat, but Marcus Sasser is a guy that I think is just going to go to a contender and just end up playing eighteen to twenty something minutes a night. That's just what he's going to do. He's a, he's a basketball player. He's going to be able to come in and play for good teams because he's played for good teams. He's led good teams and he can do a little bit of everything. So he's a guy that I'm absolutely interested in targeting in the later round or like the later picks of deep drafts in the 30 range. Bobby Clintman, last guy, he withdrew from all of the combine stuff because he got some sort of guarantee from a team. That's not, you know, he, he pulled out of all the stuff. So the assumption is that he got a guarantee from some team, but I think he just does a lot of stuff. Like that, there's a trend here. It's guys that just positively impact the game, and in a 30 team league, that's just that's the dude I'm willing to swing on is a guy who can do a little bit of everything, who doesn't necessarily need a high high volume of shots to contribute in nine cat because we know how hard that is to get to, and it's why a guy like Keontae George, I could see him sliding in fantasy drafts. Nick Smith, I already mentioned him. Like these guys, that, Bryce Sinsabaugh is another one, kind of that's like okay, if you're not getting. 15 shots, what are you giving me? You better hope it's good percentages because otherwise you're not getting great boards, assists, steals, blocks. And like, okay, then you're, is it Jordan Clarkson? But with less usage, that's just not a player that I'm interested in. uh, Even though I don't mean to at all diminish the upside that some of these guys have to score. Like I said, I do really like Keontae George. So if there's a player that I missed, like I said, please let me know. Make sure you get into the DMs of either my account or the intended podcast account. Let me know your most underrated fantasy prospect of the 2023 NBA draft. If you are interested in the 30-team startup for the weekly league, make sure you include that. That way I guarantee you a spot. Make sure you're checking out all of the... Team reviews that are still coming out out on Sports Ethos. We've got a couple other Dynasty pieces in the works. Check out the mailbag episode from last week and be sure to rate and view the podcast if you have not done so already. Thank you very much for tuning in. We will see you again next time.